Welcome to the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm Jennifer Silliman, and this show is continuing the conversations started in the award-winning first-ever documentary film about maternal mental health. My journey as an advocate began through the power of storytelling. With this podcast, I hope to create a community of women and professionals sharing their own powerful narratives to let others know they're not alone and help is out there. Keep in mind that some of the stories you will hear may be triggering, but it's important they be told. This podcast is not a replacement for professional help from a licensed medical provider. If you or someone you know is suffering due to a maternal mental health condition, please contact your medical provider or call or text message the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773. Now let's continue the conversation. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I am here with Linda Zafram, who we had the pleasure of speaking with last year. Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here again. Yeah, so we have some really cool stuff we're talking about today, fourth trimester. We're talking about fourth trimester things. So everything from postpartum bodies to sex after baby. I mean, there's just a lot to unpack in the fourth trimester and I don't think it gets enough attention. Um, so I'm so excited to, where do you want to begin? Cause I feel like there is so much to unpack in the fourth there trimester. Is, so. You know, a lot, a lot of the themes that, that come up in, in therapy are, you know, um, grief over loss of oneself after having a baby that nobody really talks about, you know, you have, you, you know, you get pregnant, you have the baby, everybody's excited about all of those things. And then everyone's showing up at your door with casseroles and wants to hold the baby. And you are still a part of that team and dynamic of, of having wants and needs and being taken care of yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest parts that's missed in postpartum is caring for mom. You know, in some cultures, they have lie-in periods where people come and take care of the mom and the baby and um, they're cared for in that way. And I think that's a huge piece that's missing in the United States as far as postpartum care. Um, You know, a lot of people don't know postpartum doulas exist. And I didn't learn about those until after I had my children because I would have paid for one to come take care of me. (laughs) For sure, right? That would be like the one thing I would do differently is have a birthing doula, a postpartum doula. Like I would have had a doula for all the stages, for sure. Yes. And so postpartum doula, they can come, you know, for people who don't know what that is, is they can come and uh, you pay them, you know, a fee to come take care of the baby or you or both. Um, so you can get rest or take care of errands or do things that you need to do. They they will come and stay overnight so um, you can get sleep. So they will come um, bring you the baby. If you're breastfeeding, you feed the baby and they put the baby back down, which is a really nice um, thing to have when you're nursing or just exhausted. I mean, there's a lot of families who are both income earners and moms go back to work. And for moms who don't, they're taking care of babies all day, which is also a full-time job. So just the importance of supporting moms fourth trimester and postpartum, because a lot of things get missed, as you know, with postpartum mood disorders and depression and anxiety and OCD and sometimes psychosis. 
sleep deprivation is probably the number one reason a lot of that exists, along with lack of support um, for the mom to uh, take care of herself. So it's huge that we support moms, babies, and dads, because dads go through it just as much. And I think that's, you know, part that doesn't get talked about a lot is, is dads can also have postpartum depression and anxiety and, and all the same things moms do. So how the fourth trimester impacts a relationship um, is huge as well. And a lot of what I hear and people coming into therapy for the first time um, after they've had babies. And yeah. So, I mean, there's so much, there's so much that changes. And, and, and I don't yeah. even think that, I mean, we talk about the postpartum body, um, like, you know, the outside, like what we see, right? So you see these, you know, you see all these things on social media, like, you know, this is what my postpartum body looks like, you know, so yes. many weeks after having baby and, yes. you know, all these things. And so, but we know, we don't talk about what happens inside. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, our, some, for some of us, our physical structure changes. And yes. so it makes things that we used to do that were enjoyable, very uncomfortable yes. as someone who's just had a baby. And yes. I'm telling you that can be either, and it doesn't have to just be a vaginal birth because yes. I had a cesarean and things were still messed up. Like yes. <laughs> things were like really yes. messed up. Um, and so it's like really hard to kind of get back into that whole groove again not just the fact that you now have a baby that you're taking care of and you're tired and you know the last thing you're thinking about is yes. being intimate with your partner but yes. just the physical yes. changes yes. that have happened that we don't talk about and like our doctors don't even talk about it no like you That's go back in for your six-week checkup and they just want to make sure like for me for my cesarean they just want to make sure oh stitches are good incision looks yes. good great okay bye like yes Yes. You know, or yes. they do ask about birth control. They do ask about birth control. But that's yeah. about it. You know, I think that's like, the one thing they ask about. How are you preventing future pregnancies? And you're like, right. Touch me. Trust me. Nobody's touching me for, for a trust long me. Time. No one's touching me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But but the, you know, but it also doesn't mean that we don't want to be touched, right? Yes. I mean, there's, there's this whole dynamic, and every couple is so different, and every you know, mom and dad, boy, girl, you know, everyone is so different, but I think the overall theme that we want to kind of do today is that it's not talked about. And yes. so let's talk about it. Yes. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, how do I even talk? Like, how, first of all, how do I talk about it? And if I do want to talk about it, who do I tell? Like who, yes. who are the experts in this field that I can be like, Hey, I need to talk to somebody about, you know, being intimate again with my partner. You know, I think yes. a lot of us are pretty open about how to get back into shape, you yes. know, how to start eating healthy again. Um, when it comes to breastfeeding, like how to best produce milk, like yes. those parts, those postpartum things are like, you know, pretty mainstream. We talk about those things. And you can find information on those things. Of course, but yes. ooh, there's a lot of stuff that's pretty important that we don't find information on. So, yes. so, so do you have moms, women, and dads come into your office who bring these topics up to you, or are they still just kind of like, you pull it out of them? Like, do you like, no, 
Well, well, and I think a lot of it comes up in conversation about how are you doing with your partner, you know, because partners can be same sex, you know, uh, you know, any partner who's had a baby together. And oftentimes there's shifts in the relationship postpartum because one, you're the, the, the partner and the relationship is no longer the primary relationship, right? You're now sharing it with the child. You're now tag teaming to take care of the child. Sometimes one of the partners, you know, especially the primary caregiver is taking care of the baby for the most part, especially if they're breastfeeding and the other partner may often feel left out because one, you know, the, the primary feeder is taking care of the baby most of the time, um, or, you know, the partner's needs aren't being met in the same way. So it's, it's having communication, it's having dialogue about, Hey, I need support in this way. It's so funny because in therapy, I'm like, this is the person who is, who you, you have sex with. This is the person that has seen a child come out of your body. This is the person who's held your hair while you're throwing up, but you can't tell them what you need. Right. <laughs> and it's, and, and I, it still blows my mind as a therapist, like how, how partners and couples are so afraid to communicate what they want and need. And for the most part, most partners are willing to do what the other partner needs within reason. Right. Right. So, so I find that just is still to this day, I'm just like, it's your partner. <laughs> you guys have gone through some of the worst things together and you have these needs. And I think often, especially women, because that's most of who I work with. So I can't speak so much for men, but they feel like they're burdening someone and they feel like they're burdening their partner and they feel like they're burdening their friends and family, or they don't want to have this Instagram, you know, they want to have this Instagram, you know, and Facebook uh, perception of motherhood that everything's fine. I'm okay. The baby's okay. Everybody's okay. And, and that, you know, magical wonderland of what motherhood should look like, um, which is, which is hard to live up to especially as you said postpartum bodies not everybody's postpartum body looks looks the same and not everybody bounces back i know for me when i was breastfeeding i didn't lose weight i was hungry all the time i was eating at two in the morning i was i was constantly eating and so i have a lot of them say that oh i didn't lose weight like everybody else and i'm like that's not the norm for everyone that isn't um you know your body is different than this person's body and um so I do like the culture and I do follow women who actually normalize postpartum bodies and stretch marks and different shapes and sizes. Ashley Graham is one of my favorites oh, to follow. She is my favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh. Carrying those twins. Yes. She ju it just illuminates. Just she glows. I, it was, oh my gosh. I love her Instagram. If any, if you're listening and you do not follow <laughs> Ashley Graham on Instagram, you have to start today because yes. Her content is so powerful I and mean, she's just, whew, well, she she's is a powerful woman of every size because she herself is, is, you know, a normal size woman. She normalizes stretch marks. She normalizes pregnancy. She normalizes breastfeeding. So I love following women and the community who actually supports normal size women and even plus size women. I mean, I enjoy following um, them as well. I'm, I myself would be considered a plus size woman. So I think there's work that is being done in that arena for women to, to feel okay in their own bodies and skin. And then, you know, the postpartum of 
having a vaginal birth, people tear, you're stretched. And, and then C-section is major, major abdominal surgery. And so there's also grief around that. I know for me, after I had my daughter, I didn't get stretch marks with my son and I had two C-sections and with my daughter I did. And literally I looked in the mirror and I would just cry. I cried so hard. I, I couldn't even look in the mirror sometimes because I was like, I have all these stretch marks. My stretch marks look, my stomach looks like a tiger attacked it, right? And and I had a really hard time even being an older, you know, mom and parent of what my body had changed into. So understanding that grief, knowing it's normal, um, being able to talk about my body has changed, your hips change. Sometimes people's, you know, hips stay wider because you've carried and birthed the baby. And then knowing where to get support, especially for your body, because a lot of doctors will say, go ahead and, and do, you know, abs and all the things, six months postpartum and eight weeks postpartum. And you need to be assessed for pelvic floor. You need to be assessed for diastasis. You need to be assessed to make sure that everything is working. And if it's not how to rebuild it um, so that, you know, your body is strong again because so many women have leakage who are young you know urinary leakage because their pelvic floor is weak because they might have had a couple of babies or even one if you've pushed you can have any of that so so and that's part of all the grief is it's not working right you know i have feelings about my new shape and body and then that also leads to oftentimes which is where the conversation was going is to sexual intimacy with your partner if i look in the mirror and i don't love my body or love what i see or um have uh integrated how my body looks it's going to be very difficult for me to want to be sexually intimate with my partner um so that is a lot of what women talk about they talk about being touched out if you're feeding and holding a baby all day the last thing you want to do is have somebody else touch you and then and then also the transition to motherhood and the transition mentally of you know, I am a sexual being, but I don't feel sexual because now I am this other person, the whole role and identity of becoming a mother. You know, I, I, I still miss my pre, you know, child self because I was wild and crazy. I didn't care. I had a good time. You know, I didn't think about things that like, oh, one, oh, I'm a mom. I probably shouldn't do that. And two, I have to think about, I have two other little human beings who depend on me. I need to, I need to have my stuff reined in and, and, and maybe not be, you know, so wild and crazy as I used to. So that also shift in thinking. So you, you, you're excited about having a baby. You want to have a baby and maybe you didn't, maybe you're coming to terms when the baby gets here that you've wanted this baby because sometimes people get pregnant by accident and they end up wanting you know having the baby and 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 coming to terms with that you know once the baby gets here so there's so many things that revolve around i think bodies and 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 sex and sexuality postpartum and partner intimacy and a lot of uh, women feel pressured by their partner and, and i had a conversation yesterday with a client who's postpartum she's just like he wants to have sex. He keeps bugging me for sex. I feel like it's, it's a task at this point. I just do it because I want him to be happy, but like, I'm not into it. And, and, and not being able to have a conversation with your partner saying, look, I'm touched out. You know, I, I'm, I'm not in that place right now. I still might be healing. Even if it's three or four months out, if you've had a baby, your body is still healing just because on the outside, it looks back to normal. Doesn't mean everything is healed on the inside. Um, 
And then for some women like my C-section, I'm still numb on the right side. My whole part um, under my belly button is still numb. So so that can be, you know, some other women in, in their bodies. So I think it's really important to just have a conversation with your partner about where you are, you know, and um, being honest about it, because if you're if you're if you're being intimate with your partner and they know you're not into it, then they're going to start thinking something's wrong with them or you don't like them. So it can create a cascade. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think that people are hearing you when you say this and, but they're like, how do I start that conversation? Like how, <laughs> like amongst the dirty diapers right? And everything else, like how do we, start that conversation with our partner about it. What, so what, how, cause I know that's what people are thinking. Like maybe they are, you know, okay with it. They just don't know how to start it. Like how, sure. does, how do we bring that up? Well, well, and I think the problem is, is, is the, is the partner will try to initiate in the ways they did before that may have worked. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, I'll hear men say, cause they start to get grabby, right. They'll start like groping and grabbing and, and, and some women may like that. And some women don't. And for the women who don't, you know, it becomes this like, cat and mouse like you know Pepe Le Pew and the cat <laughs> yes, yes. And, and so it becomes that dynamic and and then the partner feels rejected because they they're like well this used to work it's not working now um I feel rejected I feel like my partner doesn't want to to be sexually intimate with me so I think it's having the conversation when that isn't happening yeah. And having the conversation saying, you know, I know this is sexual intimacy is something that you desire. I also desire that with you. Um, but there are times and places or maybe right not not right now that I'm not able to or don't feel like I want to. I mean, when women get aroused, nobody ever told me this. You spring a leak if you're breastfeeding. So you literally spray your partner or drip on your partner. And if you don't know that, it was completely mortifying and embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, see, these are the things that nobody talks about. Yes. See, I didn't breastfeed, so I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when you when you are being sexually intimate and aroused, you have a letdown, and then all of a sudden there's milk everywhere. And if you don't know that. <laughs> You know what? I lie. Um, I do recall my nurse. <laughs> I remember. So quick sidebar. So when I, when, so I had a C-section. So mm -hmm. I was in the hospital for like four, four days, I think. Mm -hmm. And the day that I was being discharged, I had fallen asleep. Like I took, you know, took a nap in the hospital bed, whatever. And I woke up and I'm laying like this. And I think like, I couldn't see. <laughs> right over my boobs and I and I and I was like I'm like where first of all where did these come from like what is what yes. is happening because yes. I because I had an emergency c-section so my milk had not even it didn't come in until a few yeah, days after a couple days later um, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. she was born and I kid you not I did not have to have any painkillers for my c-section but when that milk wow. came in I was like, I need the drugs. Like I do, cause I am in so much pain. They mm. like, so she said, um, she said, where's your husband? I said, well, he went home just to get me like some, you know, change. She goes, call him right now and tell him that he needs to bring you the smallest sports bra that he <laughs> 
because you were going to squeeze yourself into that to stop this milk production. And she said, so when you are home and you are bathing, do not touch yourself because you're just going to keep producing. So I did know a little bit about that. And that is true. I remember like taking my first shower, like, oh, this feels so good to be in the shower. Then, yes, like, oh my God. Yes. So I do recall that, but it's good. That's a good thing for moms to know. Yes. Well, and you know, I mean, there are women who already like, uh, don't like their breasts to be touched sexually anyway. So knowing all of that can happen is, is part of the battle and, and and like having a conversation with your partner about it because they will be surprised too. They might be upset, angry, think it's disgusting or, you know, whatever they might love it. I mean, the baby, (laughs) baby milk is very sweet. I have, I have tasted it. It's I, I know why babies like it. it. It tastes very different and some partners like it and some partners don't. So, you know, I, I think those are some of the conversations and surprises and then people become embarrassed or, you know, they don't know their body's going to react in a different way. So I think it's just having the conversation. It's knowing information. It's talking to your doctor, a therapist, friends about it. It's so interesting how many conversations I have with my friends postpartum that um, are not talked about. And, and then we all say, well, why don't people talk about this more often? Right. It's like, why aren't women talking about this? And, I think, you know, that, you know, we have been, again, sold this Instagram life of what motherhood should be like. And a lot of these topics aren't talked about, which is why I wanted to talk about it with you is, is, you know, sexuality postpartum is difficult for many, not all, but a lot of what I hear is it's very hard because they're touched out women, we know women partners, um, the person who carried the baby is, is making peace, not everyone. And I'm generalizing what I hear, um, making peace with their postpartum body, um, how it's changed transitioning to motherhood and then trying to re-engage in their relationship, their partnership in a way that's different, um, that they're both navigating together. And sometimes people have, you know, things that are rolling over into parenthood that maybe weren't resolved or, um, you know, having, uh, conversations. I don't remember ever having a conversation about what kind of parents we wanted to be before we had kids. I don't, you know, no. and so then all of a sudden you're like, well, who's up next or who's on second, you know, who's doing what next. Right. So, um, so I think that's part of, we spend all this time, all this time preparing for, pregnancy and birth and then you hit a wall once you come home with that baby that you can't I can't I can't even write a book about it I can't even explain it because you just have to experience it and and then the couple does that together and if you have you know mental health risks and things like that those are definitely going to show up especially with sleep deprivation um and so it's just continuing to have a conversation and you don't have to have sex to be intimate with your partner there are many different forms of intimacy there's you know spiritual intimacy there's experiential intimacy there's emotional intimacy there's physical intimacy without sex so there's other ways that you can connect with your partner to hopefully maybe get there um and then also knowing your partner's love language i give all of my clients and we started on love languages (laughs) oh boy that is so important i mean that should be a book that like every couple has to read yeah because you learn so much and it's amazing how it can like solve so many issues 
relationships within yes. the relationship. If you just know yes. what the partner's love language is and what, how you like to give love, because yes. I didn't really understand, like, I, I didn't understand the concept of it being a two-way street. It's like, okay, so I need to learn all this stuff because I need to know the love language, you know, of my partner. Yes. Um, but then knowing, having my partner know how I prefer to, yes. you know, to give my love yes. is a whole other thing too. And it's yes. just so interesting. Yeah, you know, my yes. husband and I are very opposite on the love language. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it but right. <laughs> um, but it's just it has it has, you know, really that that the look at to look at it like that has really changed like a lot of things and it makes you understand like yes. you know so it's not just like oh my god why be able to you know the to, to touchy touch 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 the physical touch yes. right that is so not like I am Same. I'm very like not that um <laughs> yes <laughs> I've noticed a lot of my friends are not not that either like, yes is, but I am not I'm like hey, yes. me either like me I'm just, either like, and I think it's that 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 to the, especially when my daughter was younger and you know you're constantly you know even as a toddler they're grabbing at you or you're holding them or yes. you, you know and then you know the, the partner's like oh and you're just like oh like you just yeah I mean you, you start to almost crawl to your skin because you're just yeah. like okay like not like I've just yes not and then and it's not so much like oh I don't I don't want you to touch me it's yes. just I'm touched out which by yeah. the way I've never heard that terminology before and I really love it yeah um, just touched out and I think yes. that's how a lot of moms feel and then if, if, if partners don't understand that you're right they think oh no like what did I do yes you know, they get, you know, they get angry or they get yes. upset. And then if you're not having, you know, conversations around these things, I can yes. see how that can spiral out of control, especially if a mom then is dealing with postpartum anxiety, depression. Yes. I mean, it just kind of, you know, cascades yes. very quickly into something that maybe didn't have to get like that if we just had those conversations and yes. prepared. And, and since I've been in the maternal mental health world, I have tried to offer a fourth trimester class for people to take. And it, it's not very well received because people are like, oh, we got that, you know, and, 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 and I may, you know, once we're back in real life um, to try to host another one, because I think it is so important. And I, I'm, I'm, I would assume I would see more people after they had their babies than before. I'm always about preparing versus crisis, but we'll take whatever, as long as people are getting their needs met but it is it is knowing your partner's love language because i think if you can meet that need right because all of it gets like put on the shelf right because it's just like survival and at some point the survival you know instinct is is done and you're in a, you find your flow but then it's now how do i reconnect with my partner because you're just taking care of baby take care of baby because they they need something 24 hours a day and you're sleep deprived but yes knowing you know your partner's love language and it changes it might change once i had kids because i was like way different before now i'm like mine is acts of service like if you vacuum pick up the dishes and then my other one is like words of affirmation information like tell me I'm doing a good yeah. job oh yeah bring it just yeah <laughs> tell me send me all the praises yes. oh I, I love it I mean yes. those are mine too that's so yes. funny yes that is funny but like knowing that but also like you said when when we first met 
I was doing things for him and we usually love people how we want to be loved. And he's like, I don't care about that because his is physical touch and words of affirmation. So if I don't always meet the physical touch, I can definitely meet the words of affirmation. So knowing what they are, you don't have to like fulfill all of them. And we all like all five, but being able to know that about your partner and being able to engage in the relationship in a way that's meaningful to them is going to help a lot of that, you know, postpartum stuff is saying, oh, my life, my wife is, you know, my partner is, is acts of service. So I'll just start the laundry. Right. And then maybe she'll be more open to, I said, I said, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book for men. The first, the first chapter is going to be like, stop groping. The second chapter is going to (laughs) be, Oh, this would be a good book. This would be a really, really good book. Really good book. Yeah, stop groping. Stop groping. We don't like that. Most women don't like that. Some do, and that's great. But most that I speak to do not like that. And the second one is like, just, just, just help. Because like, I can't tell how many women who say it will be having sex. And I'm like, gotta do the laundry, gotta do the dishes, gotta do this. And if she is in in the bed with you and you are having sex and she is not present because she's tasking in her head you're never going to have the intimacy that you want from your partner so it's also having the conversation because we have different levels of like the end of the night i like to get all my stuff done and then i can relax and he likes to relax and then get his stuff done. And so, like, if 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 you don't get your stuff done, then I'm going to be like, is he going to do the dishes? Is he going to do the dishes? Because I'm not waking up to a sink of dishes. Is that just going to make me mad? It's going to start my morning off nasty. I'm not going to like that. So, so really knowing... <laughs> It's so true. It's so, it's so true. You're speaking everybody, every every woman's language right now. Right. For sure. Right. Yes. And I'm hoping men will listen to this because it really is. If her mind is cluttered with things I have to do, you can you can have all the sex you want, but it's not going to be the intimate sex that you're that you're seeking from your partner. It's going to be like, hurry up, you got five minutes and go. <laughs> right. Ready, set, go. Um, yes. Yeah, and I and I, I and I think it's it's there's something to be said about really um, have you know not the expectation of what it's going to be like, um, and you know I'm actually going to put a link to the love language book uh, in this podcast because I think that might be a great place for people to start yeah. if they haven't read it and you're having all these issues maybe postpartum because it is a really easy read. Yeah, um, it's not you know it's not like oh my gosh you know it's it's a pretty easy read and you can skip around to like different chapters to kind of like get little ideas because I think uh, when people I, when you identify the five love languages I think people right away kind of know like you know oh yep yep that that that's me without even yes. reading the chapter on it right yeah. so and then a quiz online you can take so you could also link that because I think if you take the quiz you might be more invested in in doing the book and when I work with couples that's one of the first things we do is we take the quiz and see where we are okay all right so we'll definitely link the quiz in here too I think yes that'll be that'll be good <laughs> oh man I love it I feel like there's like so much more to unpack <laughs> Yes. Is there going to be a part two to this? I think that there's going to be a part two um, to this podcast. So, but before we, before we end though, um, I just want to catch up on like general things. Happy new year, by the Happy way. New year. Um, how's everything going so far this year for you? Good? 
Good. We just got a puppy. So uh, his name is Nico and he's eight weeks and hoping to train him to be a therapy dog to bring to the practice. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm in the newborn stage again and I'm like, why did I do this? I forgot what this is like. I'm up every two hours to take care of a puppy. So back in that stage of life and, and like, I'm never doing this again. And then I'm just, you know, continue to grow my practice. So, so I'm hoping in the next maybe year or so to hopefully I'm putting it in the universe, maybe a perinatal center here in Richmond, Virginia. That is something I think I would love to do um, since, I'm, since I'm so passionate about it. So I've been speaking it into existence. Um, cause I think it's really important. Obviously, you know why I'm here. Right. <laughs> Moms yeah. and babies are my jam. And there's three of us, uh, at the practice who, who see, uh, perinatal um, grief and loss and and uh, postpartum mood disorder. So I think it's on the trajectory. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ooh, yeah. I, I will put it out in the universe for you too, because <laughs> yes. I think those centers are so needed. They make such an impact on a community. Yes. Um, and what's so great is that they are popping up here or there. And so there is somewhat of a formula roadmap that can yes. somewhat be followed. So you don't feel like you're just inventing the wheel again. There's yeah. so many, so many good ones out there. So, oh. yeah your community would be lucky to have it and lucky to have you at the helm of that for sure. So thank you. Uh, well, we're always a really rich birth community here in Richmond. I mean, we have doulas and posts, but we are very lucky. We have lots of midwives and home birth practices, and we have a very lovely community of, of folks who uh, serve moms and babies and families. So I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be here too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so exciting. I love yes. that. I love it. Yes. I love it. Um, well, Linda, thank you for coming thank on you. and talking about those things that not everyone wants to talk about, but we definitely yes. need to yes. um, need to hear about it. So right. thank you so much. Thank you for having me.